This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Jason is here. Yep, I am. This week, since we're in the heat of election season, so we get... Can we talk about um, election and business-related um, comic books and manga? Oh, that sounds boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know they had comic books and manga that were outside of, like, uh, the senator from the X-Men, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty serious. But the thing is, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. They do. Problem is, well, you know, they didn't really sell that well. That's the thing. That's the reason why you've, that's the reason why you've never heard of them. Ah, uh, okay. But they, are, they exist nonetheless. They exist nonetheless. And what do you got on the plate? Okay, first up... Is Eagle, the making of an Asian American president by Kaiji Kawaguchi. That's what we need. We need an Asian American president. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> if especially if it's anything like the main character from from the series. Um, his name's Kenneth Yamaoka. He's a lawyer, sent a um, U.S. state senator from New York, and guy is deviously clever. One of the, like he he's very he's extremely good at uh, analyzing any situation, knowing exactly what to do. In any given situation, how to turn it to, a, turn it to his advantage, and even when the odds are against him, he can look. He can. He knows how to how to properly spin things in his in his way. All right, and he's a good politician. Yes, he's he's great. I mean, it's like you look at this guy, but and like, I've heard some friends tell me something like, "Yeah, he's almost too good." Like you know, like wonder what's his what kind of ulterior motives does he have? Mm-hmm. And this guy's not. Oh, well, he's not the cleanest um, guy in the bunch because basically he's in the thrust of the series is is um. Focuses on this um, Japanese um, reporter named Takashi Joe, who's been um, summoned to to the U.S. to fo- to um, to um, run press coverage for for its Japanese newspaper on um, on Yamaoka's campaign. The reason that he's been summoned there is because he's actually um, Yamaoka's bastard child. Mm-hmm. So basically, the series focuses on it's, it's mostly seen through um, through Takashi's eyes as he as he witnesses the uh, um, Yamaoka's um, rise 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 to um, become the, the Democrats candidate for the for the presidency, and also take on the, I see the Republican candidate for, for the presidency as well. Now it's like it's, it's what's out. The series was made, came out was published in the U.S. around the year two thousand. It's like and so like there's a lot of parallels from that particular election. Like it basically like the, it's basically um Yamaoka basically takes on like our our version of um of Al Gore. Okay. It's like um, known as Albert Noah here. <laughs> and he's basically um, put up against like an idealized um, person of the Republican Republican Party. Um, I can't remember his name right now. Basically, he's like he's a he's an old he's an old guy. He's a former astronaut, war hero. It's like this kind of kind of bodies all all the uh, things that the Republican the Republicans stand for. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's it's fun seeing it's great seeing him seeing seeing how he could take, um, work, work the system to his advantage and. Uh, yeah, basically, but the thing is, like, even though it's like this is like a thinly veiled account of like what the 2000 elections should have been, like, it has even more relevance to showing what this election is turning out to be. Because basically, you got on one hand a president from from minor, minority um, racial group taking on someone who embodies all the um, bits of the um, po- uh, Republican Party. Gotcha. And you look at this and you think, you know, if if Barack actually took a few more cues from Yamaoka, if he was actually as devious. As Yamaoka is in, in the ways that he, he'll, Yamaoka will actually like a release, release scandalous information about a for, about another candidate, will um, do go to such lengths as to try as to petition a New York governor to um, New York a New York mayor to try try and win things over to his side, or even just visiting a uh, the 
the, a bar frequented by a bunch of Texas ranch hands who work for like a very a Texas power player in order to and like winning them over to his side slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. It's like this is like we probably wouldn't be having as hard of a time as he as he is against uh, McCain right now. Mm-hmm. But still, it's like it's it's a fascinating read and it, it does tend to drift into melodrama a whole lot because there's lots of angst. Like Takashi has lots of angst over the fact that his dad um, is that, his, that this is his dad now. Like this is this. This um, devious, this devious um, po- um, politico is now is his, is his father figure, yeah, and also, and also just from the, like some of the various scandals that are up in front of, in front of Yamako's campaign, like a um, he gets a he also winds up in the, having being revealed having like some kind of cert- affair with the one of, with someone from a with someone else, so so that yeah, that, as usual, that's the usual uh, political fodder, right? Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, and it's pulled off pretty well. Some people have called it um, democratic wish fulfillment, such as in the way I described it. It's like Yamaka winning over a bunch of Texas ranch hands yeah. to his cause. But I think it works because it, it's not just like he shows up and they're converted. No, mm-hmm. you get to see um, Yamaka work for every single thing he accomplishes here, mm-hmm. and it's 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 just great because like you can see that um, Kawaguchi, even if he doesn't quite get um, the feel of American politics exactly right, he at least put enough thought into. Thought into like every situation, to make it compelling, compelling and thoroughly readable. Mm. Okay. Now, I also mentioned that this series wasn't especially popular. And that's that's quite true in the fact that you that good luck finding the, trying to find this on Amazon or the right stuff because it's not really it's not listed at all anymore. Some of the various um, single volumes they mentioned they are, but you can find the series was published in five in five total volumes and like sixteen um, mini volumes as mm-hmm. well as an experimental um, publishing strategy by Viz at the time. Mm-hmm. But really, it's like if you can find it, like all five volumes, very worth tracking down. And like I said, in light of its current political climate, remains just as relevant now as it was back when it was originally published. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. well, that and this, uh, it, I'm looking at the volume you're holding right here, mm-hmm. and I know everyone just listens along here. So it looks like it, it's a flipped manga, or is this no, a this manga is, this at un, all? This is unflipped. Okay. Yeah, it's like this is this is um oh no, this is this is flipped. My bad. I'm oh, sorry. Like this is um. Like I said, this was published um, back in the, like, uh, let's see, what, let me get, dig out the date right here. First printing, August 2000. Okay. There you go. So mm-hmm. like, you get an idea of when it was originally published. Gotcha. Yeah, so like this is back back when everyone was, everything was still being flipped. And don't worry about, like, any problems with being flipped. Like, you'll hardly even notice. Viz did a great job on the localization. And as it is um, localized, as the English script is written by the great Carl Gustav Horn, it is not only immensely readable, but quite witty as well. All right, cool. Yeah. Now, next up, well, there's been a lot of talk about, about business and the economy in this election. And, you know, I thought it would be a good, good time to bring up, uh, talk about some certain superheroes who've also tried to make the, being, being the, um, running the economy their business and making a better world through it as well. Now, the reason you haven't heard of these people is because, like, well, this is this is called Wildcats version 3.0. Some of you might have heard of the Wildcats before as a um, superhero series um, created by Jim Lee for his, as part of his initial um, image project back when he back when, this, when the company was first founded. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it's like at the time they're basically like a like a generic superhero group. Like, you know, the fr- bunch of like um, bunch of superheroes signed the evil Daemonites and like who. Um, like who are trying to take over the world, and like there's all so superior 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 just hitting each other. It's like stuff like that. It 
got better once Alan Moore took over midway through the series. But really, the series hasn't really done anything to distinguish itself from generic superhero action until Joe Casey took over um, partway through the second volume. Now, his I'm not going to go into detail about his, about his, um, sec- his contributions in the second volume, because like, they make a good podcast in themselves, and they're not relevant to 3.0, in the sense that everything he did in the second volume is deck-clearing to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Now, basically, Wildcats version 3.0, I make the argument they're probably the greatest superhero team to ever have lived. If, if for no other reason that, yeah, you know, like, well, the Justice League, the Avengers, the X-Men, they save the world on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But what have the Wildcat, what have this version of the Wildcats done? They've given us the battery that lives forever. Like, it'll never run out. Okay. And they've also given us the car that doesn't need gasoline, that will run on a battery forever. All right. Now, tell me, does that not sound like a greatest superhero? Is that what you want from your superheroes? Like, make the world a better place through yeah. commerce? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, hey, I spend so much on gas right now, so that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Because basically, the thrust of the series fo- focuses on... Um, on Jack Marlowe, formerly known as the Android Spartan, who inherited the Halo Corporation from what, from from his buddy, uh, from his father figure, uh, what was his name? Uh, Lord Lord Amp. He was a he's an alien half breed who was um, basically like trying to help fund the fight the evil Daemonites. And after he um, he ascended to a new new plane of existence, he just told he just left um, he left Jack with with the uh, with the, the he left Jack the Halo Corporation with the instructions make a better world. Wildcats version 3.0 basically focuses on Jack's efforts to make this better world through commerce. He's running the Halo Corporation and trying and just basically trying to make trying to free everyone from the shackles of shackles of corporate of corporate greed, greed and inhumanity through basically making, it, making all these all the all these inventions that are going to like make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Now, help, help him along the way. He's also got his has the help of his um, for, his mercenary buddy um Cole Cash, known as the Grifter. Now, if you're wondering why he's got any, he always named Cold Cash, well, he's he was created in the '90s. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what that's what they were named their superheroes back then. <laughs> and he's also got the um, Agent Wax. Um, um, remember the National Park Service? Well, you expect them to take to just watch parks like like Yosemite and Yellowstone, but no. Like aside from that, they're also um, running oversight on like all the superhero activities in the U.S. And Wax is um, is Marlowe's mole in the. In the in this system, and he's also got um, hypnotic powers as well. And so, like with these guys, mainly it's through it's through, it's through Jack's efforts that so they're trying to change change the world. And it's it's really it's really fascinating a lot of stuff that Casey brings up in this series. Just basically through that um, way they're trying to like establish the Halo brand through brand building. You know, it's like you might hear the name, but just like the the, the, the concepts he brings up, just like how like of, you'll hear about like how generic stuff is better in. Or the same, like in like in like cereal foods or cold medicines. But no, you're not not going to go th- go to the generic stuff. You're going to go through the brands you trust, the names, and that's 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 why the, like the first one is called brand building because you're trying to that's what you're trying to do. The, the, the Halo brand is a brand you can trust, <laughs> and also just the fact that Casey brings up the point that like a lot of of the corporations these days, I mean, it's like they've got they've got even more rights than than we do. Mm-hmm. It's like everything like they've been they've been like um. Biding their times, like make accumulating legal victories that basically establish afford them the same rights as as human people as us, right. mm-hmm. and and like they've been exploiting this thing ever ever since the Civil War. Mm. But it's 
And like it's like I said, it's a lot of series thrusts on like business and corporate es- espionage stuff, but it's also got lots of action as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly thanks to um, grifters like, um, ex- through uh, exports and like shooting up the competition, or just like all the people who are getting in their way. Mm. Yeah, but it's also interesting in the series. Know in the series that it's that the good guys also have like like pretty free reign in this in this these first two volumes, brand building and full disclosure. Like they're. Like there's there's some th- there's some threatening parts, but like a lot of time the most of the time the good guys they got they got they got all the bases covered they know they got the plans and they're really really willing to execute them, but it's not just all like action and politics and stuff. It's also it also focuses a great deal on like all the character character struggles in this series as well. So you also get like at one point Grifter gets his legs shot shot to hell. So now he's now he's this he's this action hero now forced to um go. Um, move around in a wheelchair and go through do your physical rehab, and you also got like CC Rendazzo, a um, an information broker who's like she's she's got all the information like in the world she'd want, but she can't can't use to get her hands on the one thing she wants most, her son who's been kidnapped by her by her former FBI boyfriend, mm. and also um most one of the series' most interesting characters Edwin Dolby, African American um, accountant whose firm was bought out by Jack, and it's basically he basically at one point just. Starts offering like, well, hey, here's what you need to do in order to um, make the Halo brand more trusted. What here's what you need to look at, and by doing so, gets himself involved in a f- world much, much bigger than he's accustomed to. Because he, aside from like good business advice, he also got like he also has a t- natural talent for violence as well. Some of the grifter chooses to uh, to exploit at a certain point to some very, very bad consequences. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it might like I've talked about like all the uh, cerebral stuff in the series, but there's also like lots of great action. Sequences as well, and even all the Talking Heads stuff is handled very well by um, by artist Dustin Nguyen. And like I said, it's good. It's really entertaining stuff. And I wish people had given this more chance because, well, as I implied earlier, it's like like I said, these two volumes, brand building and full disclosure. Yeah. those are the only two trade paperbacks you'll find in the series. Wow. There are the series only ran on twenty four issues before it was canceled, and what's sad is that all the most of the um, subsequent um, relaunches of Wildcats sold either A, slightly better, or B, much worse than, the, than this was at the very end. Wow. Yeah. If I got any regrets, if I got any, any real anger about the comics history, that this series like, really wasn't able to um, come to its um, full conclusion in the story it was trying to tell. Mm. It's, it's tragedy, but hey, that's life. Mm-hmm. And However, you can still find the um, first two volumes relatively cheaply through Amazon, and those are highly recommended. The tw- 12 issues that come after that, I have yet to read, but um, re- after rereading these um, two volumes through prior to this podcast, I, have to, I made the decision I have to track them down now. Yeah. Yeah. So really, it's like, when you when your superheroes go corporate, like, this is Wildcats version 3.0, it's all you could ask for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and on that note, it's like, all I can say is, like, good luck finding either of these series, because they are well worth your time. Mm-hmm. So until next time, well, that's it. All right, we'll see you next time on Glick and Comic Picks by the Glick. Yeah. <laughs>